0: Science has never been more important as we confront the biggest challenges of our time. Explore postgraduate study in science at the University of Otago. Find out more at otago.ac.nz/pgsciences. The
2: time is 1400 hours on Thursday, November the 25th, 2021. This is the spin-off podcast network with an emergency edition of Gone by Lunchtime.
0: Gone by Lunchtime.
2: Um, An extraordinary day in New Zealand politics once again. We uh, have a vacancy, ladies and gentlemen, for the leader of the National Party because Judith Collins has lost that position, I think, 15 months after she took over from Todd Muller. She's gone after a no-confidence vote, which followed an equally incredible press release that came out last night containing allegations which, of course, needed to be taken seriously uh, relating to Simon Bridges and harassment. Ben, Annabelle. Toby. Hello. Ben, take us back a little bit further, though. What, what what have the last few weeks and months told us about Judith Collins' leadership, about potential threats to that leadership? What was the kind of precursor to that incredible press release that landed in our inboxes about 930 last
3: night. It would be fair to say that since the election campaign and particularly in this new term of parliament, um, Judith Collins' tenure has been a messy leadership that loves drama and she has kind of careered all over the place in terms of policy focus, sort of going into like race baiting, yeah. conspiracy, hapua stuff, uh, t- tarrying with, you know, political correctness, anti-PC, wokeism, whatever, um... And it's sort of become clear, I think, over the last probably two months that, the, you know, that what were identified as sort of flaws in her leadership, which was in particular her lack of discipline and message, saying on message, and the, the other thing was just the, 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 the reign of terror on her caucus, just the, this is the climate of fear that National Party MPs existed in uh, wasn't going away and was in fact, if anything, getting more entrenched the consensus, I think, broadly formed in the New Zealand Parliament firmament and in the National Caucus that she was not long for the political world that by 2023 there would be a new leader in the election. Simon Bridges, widely believed to have been uh, chief amongst those um, organising for an orderly transition. Yeah. Um, and, and most of the debaters we've had, you know, here has been about would it be before Christmas, would it be after Christmas? And... Uh, Oh, presumably the only thing you can conclude is that Judith Collins found these sort of historical allegations about baffling comments and thought this is my chance to kneecap bridges and just cauterize this
2: just burn the wound closed <clears throat> so let's 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 get into those comments um, the not too much hopefully but basically. Uh, the comments it's become clear and Simon Bridges has uh said that I think they were on the money, the media reports, but um the comments were at a function, a national caucus function, at Government House. Premier House. Premier House, big pardon. Um so it'd, be the, it'd be the end
3: of year leaders' party.
2: Uh and oh yeah. You've yeah. been to that? Oh yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. um, which is, you know,
2: that's
3: a bit of a, that's a kind of a let your hair down kind of party to recognise the good work over the year, everyone unwinds yes. a bit.
2: Well, Simon Bridges is certainly letting his hair down then and he's apologised for the statement he did at the time when a complaint was issued and he has again in recent days. The statement was to do with uh, uh, sex and he wanted to have a daughter after having two boys and he was uh, making course crude uh, remarks probably I think it's fair to say goofy remarks too about what he has subsequently called an old wives tale in terms of what you might do during the act of coitus (coughs) if you were hoping to conceive a girl rather than a boy.
3: Is that a fair summary of what was said? It's a fair summary and I feel sick. I just want to vomit. Yeah. I it, yeah, essentially he You called think it, Simon
2: Bridges should should resign.
3: <laughs> I saying? think they should all resign. I <laughs> they think should all resign. Parliament needs to be closed down until we can resign. figure out what is going on. I have long, long advocated for a parliamentary term sex ban. If you want to if you want to procreate, if you if somebody wants to have sex with a politician, you got to do it in that interregnum between governments because it's just disgusting. Nobody wants to talk about this. I don't no. want to talk about this. I've no. been talking about this all
2: day. No. I will never recover. Who do I get to sue? Who do I get to complain yeah. to? Well, we don't. We won't. We'll, 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 we won't talk about uh, Simon Bridges' penis at all after today. Um, Annabelle, the, clearly. Um, Lewd and uh, not a nice thing for someone to be around. And, 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 and uh, we're not defending the comments. At the same time, when that statement came out last night, it included uh, words, it, 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 it said that uh, the decision to demote and strip of his portfolio, Simon Bridges, follows an allegation, I'm quoting, of serious misconduct relating to Simon Bridges' interaction with a caucus colleague. goes on a bit longer, and then towards the end it says, under my leadership, this is Judith Collins, the National Party will not tolerate harassment and intimidation of any person. And I think a lot of people, whether uh, commentators, the general public, or the caucus of the National Party, when that press release came out last night, <laughs> had they 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 know who Judith Collins is and the suspicion was that this was not a purely motivated this the motivation for putting that out was not pure but mm, Simon Bridges on the way in this morning called it a desperate act of someone who was clinging uh, in whatever way she could to the leadership.
1: the The issue with it is that it's an incredibly inflammatory press release. And if, like most New Zealanders, you aren't privy to gallery gossip, incredibly damaging for um, for Bridges. And it kind of invokes, um, you know, scenes of like. Is it some poor um, press secretary getting harassed on mm. a Friday night? Um, you know, words like harassment and int- intimidation are, are really, really serious. So, um, if you just took it on the face of it, you would think fair enough. If you didn't, if you didn't understand the full context in, in which this has been released, it clearly. Is an act of desperation, and and while there have been ongoing leadership issues uh, with national, and particularly for Judith, I think that this essentially boils down to the interview that Simon Bridges did on NewsHub with Tova the other night, when he um, said several times that it wasn't his intention to launch a coup hmm. behind a sort of um, a, an impish smile, and yeah. I think that that's really irritated. Judith and she's taken, you know, the step to, to try and block him before he's out the gates. There
2: have been reports for some time, Claire Trivet has written two, maybe three columns in which she has provided a quite, uh, uh, quite a deep level of detail about the plans for an orderly transition as you were mentioning before, Ben, with Simon Bridges returning <coughs> uh, to lead again. It's it's hard not to read it that way. It's hard not to read, and I was just thinking about it before. It seems like an it seems like a a, a kind of a a wild thing to do. Perhaps though, in the purest Machiavellian sense, she knew that the writing. She must have known the writing was on the wall. She must have known what was coming up against, and so she thought, "What is the last resort? What is the last chance saloon? What if?" I throw someone under the bus.
3: I mean, it's very, you know, that old Lyndon B. Johnson story, probably apocryphal, mm. that, you know, he, he had a narrow lead coming into his first municipal election or whatever, mm. and he said to his press people, you know, go out and call my opponent a pig fucker. And the the press person said, but he, he doesn't fuck pigs. And Lyndon B. Johnson said, make him deny it. And yeah. th- this is, you know, it's very hard to see. You know, look, let's let's not, you know, don't downplay gross bants, which is, I think, what this falls into. You know, um Men in particular, in business or political settings, can be gross sometimes, and it's it's you know you you hope that the culture is changing. You know this was five years ago. Um, Bridges himself has reflected on some of his past recently in his writings. Mm. Um, He himself, you know, he dealt with the Jamie Lee Ross uh, harassment and bullying. Me too has happened in that time. You know, you'd think that he's he's probably reflected a little bit on the appropriateness of you know talking about. you know tilting nature's table in terms of an x or y chromosome but the, but but for collins you know collins knew what the plain and ordinary meaning of her release was and i think she very much knew that what he was alleged to have done and what he says he did didn't didn't meet anything close to what people's ordinary understanding of harassment or intimidation, or she later said, establishing dominance meant um, and the, it's I mean it seems impossible to conclude anything except that it was a smear.
1: I think you know we know that national invented three strikes, but usually they have to be for three separate crimes. you can 't kind of <coughs> repunish someone for the crime that they're supposedly already you know been before their leader for. The other issue with what she tried to do is that you know, had English taken a really strong stand against it at the time, or an or a new leader like a you know, for example, Shane Retty mm. who who felt that the punishment at the time wasn't enough, I think that people might accept it. The difficulty for Judith is that she has a long Track record of alleged bullying and intimidation incidents. You know, there's the fat shaming of Susie Weil. There was the alleged cyber bullying of the the Kainga Ora Order couple. You know, she is Give not someone who, who is not a bastion of 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 great behaviour, and so most people, you know, read that this was merely. Um, you know, a really underhanded move to cut him off at, at the pass is no. She doesn't. She can't see the beautiful view from the moral high ground.
2: We can't see inside Judith Collins' head, but at the very be like best, the very, the very <laughs> the, we will paint it for you and share it in our sealed section. At the the very the very the, the most generous reading of what had happened is that it was a appalling blindsiding of your own caucus and taking. Uh, matters into your own hands. Uh, more likely, at the other end of the spectrum, it's this is a whale oil, dirty politics-style hit job going on. Um, and it's worse still because what it does, if we accept that to be the approach, is it appropriates a movement and things that are very serious mm. for personal political, ruthless, expedient gain, in the same way that we have sometimes seen in recent times in politics, in this country and other politics, what looks a lot like the appropriation of mental health issues to excuse or explain or justify (coughs) base and appalling acts. And that's something that is seriously chilling, isn't it? Yeah, I mean,
3: you can't avoid the conclusion that she tried to weaponise um, the the issue of harassment and bullying in Parliament, which has been in the news—the Francis report. We know it happens. I personally, I'm not convinced that it happens at a greater rate than it does in the private sector, um, but you know, it, it's there. It's part of the culture, um, and for Collins to sort of. Yes, seek to kneecap one of her opponents, you know, to take a headshot um, using basically the, the innuendo of what we know about, you know, reported acts, um, you know, in other cases yeah. and just hoping that people sort of sort of imply that or infer that rather from what she said about bridges. I mean, it's that more than anything you know will have lost her the confidence of her caucus um, because it, it really just shows i mean it's it's just it's not just remorseless um, and vicious but it just shows that you know nothing's really off limits i mean if, if you're going to mischaracterize things that happened 5 years ago that you know were legitimate faux pas legitimate issues say that that were addressed at the time you know no one in parliament's safe from that like maybe maybe chloe you know i i don't think but you know and 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 she has shown the streak of just ruthlessly going after her own MPs um and you know that more than anything will have been what tipped her caucus over and said, you know, we actually can't go on like this. Just on a personal level, you know, forget about the polling, forget about, hmm. uh, you know, th- it almost becomes a health and safety in the workplace issue. I mean,
2: <laughs> like, it had become, hadn't it, when we cast our minds back to whenever it was a year and a half ago, not quite a year and a half ago, after Todd Muller, I think we sat in this room and talked about how they were at a point now where they had run out of reasons not to select Judith Collins. And... Mm-hmm. It had become... Ben
1: was keen as for, for Juco not not that long ago, I'm 16 glad, months ago. I'm, yeah, I'm, just, glad, just, I'm glad
2: you brought that back up. I'm I fact, mean, I don't
1: want to bring it up, no. but I mean, since we're bringing it up, <laughs> yeah. just, He read her book. He yes. was into it. He was
2: a real booster, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. He told us that um, the the stereotypes...
1: Hating on the ABCs and that. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I just want to take this time yeah.
3: to say that <laughs> I am more disappointed than anyone... <laughs> I count myself as a victim of Judith Collins and her leadership.
2: Um, And and about, I don't know, I'm trying to remember, I think also before that, uh, Ben was a big fan of Todd Muller as the um, answer to the issue. I was not a fan of Todd Muller. I don't
1: know who Todd Muller was. I
2: I think oh, maybe it was Todd Muller. That you were supporting, it what? was one, one or the other. No.
1: I mean, I wasn't going to say anything, but yeah. like I've never been a Todd Muller
3: fan. My argument when Bridges was deposed was anyone is better than Bridges, and I was clearly wrong about no. that as well. Okay, <laughs> like, well, what about what about what
2: about now? Next Tuesday, can
3: we just move on to my yes, prospectively incorrect takes <laughs> about the future <laughs> we'll rather down. than we'll digging over <laughs> old ground?
2: <laughs> Don't worry, we're not recording this one.
3: <laughs> if we ke- if we keep if we keep just digging. Over the, all this old ground, we're just going to find more and more corpses. So I reckon, with we'll, What we should Signee do is we should
1: get we should get Ben to pick the next leader, mm-hmm. and then National, if you're listening, like don't pick that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what to do. Yeah.
2: You know what not to do. Yeah. Um, on that, yes, Shane Shane Ritty, who is uh, who uh, the deputy leader, is now taking over as interim leader. And on Tuesday next week, Tuesday, November the 30th, maybe, Uh, let's say that, Uh, there will be – the caucus will be held and they will gather together – However, many of them are still standing, 33, I think. And Coming
1: in with, like, <laughs> head legs and <laughs> arms blowing off and entrails, uh, <laughs> like, dragging down the hallway across uh, the black and white tiles. Yeah. What, once,
3: once when, uh, a, when in, um, a, a party was expelling one of its MPs, this is going a long way back, hmm. before the internet, um, the party hired security. Because they were worried about sort of reprisals, and if I was if I was Dr. Shane Letty, I would have I'd have paramedics on hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably if you I like,
1: like A Yeah, and some
3: cattle prods. <laughs> like,
2: got to get um, a lot of those o- oximeters. Eh, just hmm. everyone's got like seven or eight pulse oximeters attached <laughs> to their nipples. Yeah. Um. Yes. Uh, so so after today's epic. Caucus meeting, three and you know, a half hours or something, which didn't come close to Labor's 2014 seven-hour caucus meeting, if you remember. Where Cunliffe that was all just one big of speech hung on for dear life. He basically he, <laughs> he would have been filibustering, he filibustered his, his own caucus, <laughs> but it was just poetry as well. He just was like, <laughs> <laughs> now a pentum. Um, Yes, so after that, the, the the outcome is that we will have a new leader. Uh, Shane Reti is the interim leader on Tuesday. What, what, I mean, it was suggested initially, immediately after the caucus meeting, that it was going to be a head to head between Christopher Luxon and Mark Mitchell, two Auckland MPs, but then subsequently it did seem strange given Simon Bridges seemed quite uh, set upon uh, another go. Uh, And then Bridges gave a press conference uh, quite recently I don't know if you guys saw any of that. You were probably too busy focusing on your other media commitments, especially you, Ben. He was, like, you, he was ben.
3: like, me, um, for <laughs> Simon Bridges. <laughs> well, now, now that it's been put to me, I guess we can't
2: rule it out. Like- uh, yes, and uh, he, yeah, he, he said he would, I think he said he would consider it over the next few days. So we can expect him to be in the mix. Uh, so who we got? We got, we got we're, we're, we're assuming that Mark Mitchell will be there. Uh, Mark Mitchell has stood before. Let's go through them. I'm going to tell you who they are first that I've got on my list. You tell me if anyone's missing, and then we'll go through them briefly, and then we'll ask Ben to tell us who he thinks should be the next leader. (laughs) I have on my list Simon Bridges. I have on my list Christopher Luxon. I have on my list Mark Mitchell. I have on my list maybe Shane Retti, maybe Nicola Willis, maybe Chris Bishop. Is anyone I've missed from that list, team? Sounds like a good list.
3: That's a good list. Good um,
2: list. Let's start with Simon Bridges. Uh, Annabelle, the, 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 the renaissance, the rejuvenation, the reincarnation of Simon Yak Bridges. Uh, he's been, in many ways, redeemed in uh, media circles. Um, he does seem, to me, and my interactions with them are much more relaxed and confident and uh, centered human being, uh, whether or not that will translate to the to the public is, of course, another another question. He's written a good book. What do you think?
1: I think that he would be quite high risk now hmm. after this little episode
2: because of the
1: because people are just going to keep asking until it's given uh-huh. to the to, you know word for word and it's not (laughs) going to look good and it just becomes another weeping sore. And and, you know, in terms of the polling between him and Judith, it's a bit of a Clayton's choice. New Zealanders really don't want either of them. He's already been beaten by Jacinda and I I don't, I personally don't see how he could win the next election for National. If If they were putting him in merely to be a caretaker uh, for a while, then perhaps, but I, I think that re- regardless of Judith overplaying these allegations, I think he's mm. still been tainted by them.
2: Uh, ben, the comeback kid, the freshly you know sensitive new age Simon Bridges. Uh,
3: yeah, you know he was the, he was the pacemaker before this uh, sort of implosion. He was probably on track to become the leader. Um, he was probably, he's possibly on track to become prime minister on the polling before COVID hit. Hmm. Um, Annabelle's right. He's got terrible positive, uh, favourable, unfavorables. He's he's not popular with the public. Could, could the rejuvenated, refreshed, relaxed Simon Bridges make a better impression with the public this time? Probably, um, you know whether that would be decisive or not. Um, he didn't. He's never been beaten by Jacinda. He didn't get the chance, and I know that. You know, we can we know that rankles with him. I think it will depend on on whether other people, you know, want to give it a go. I, I tend to think it's between him and Luxon. Not to hurry down the list, but. Uh, you know, we know that he can run a political party, he can run an office, he can just turn up and do the appearances and deliver the lines, uh, he's reliable, even if he's not wildly popular. His personal popularity was always low when he was um, leader, but the party vote stayed high. Right now, National desperately needs stability and he knows that he can be stable and he won't face a lot of opposition from his uh, challengers because they will be thinking he'll lose 2023 and they can pick up the pieces.
2: I suppose one of the other things, potentially in his advantage, if he has indeed been doing the work behind the scenes to kind of unite the extent to which there are two wings or a range of different views and kind of liberal and economic uh, approach within the national caucus, the, whether or not he is in a position now that he can bring together those groups, which um, you know those those it's it's, it's possible to overstate those um, those 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 fissures, but at the same time, I think during the Muller experiment, some of them became quite uh, raw. But let's keep moving on. Chris Luxon um, in New Zealand, Christopher Luxon, Christopher Luxon, or we I think we're going with Luxton. I think will Lux. Okay. Well, his best chance of becoming prime minister is to have a kind of mispronounced surname. Mm. So, oh, I, cool. I, like John yeah. Keyes, John He's Keyes, mm-hmm. Mike Hosking's, Helen was, Clark with was an E. Was he yeah. prime minister? Um, Chris, Chris, Sir Chris, 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 Christopher Luxon, protege of Sir John Key, won't get in a helicopter with him. Handsome, bald man. I think he described himself as. He does have a great look. He looks. He looks is like. That a, he looks, he got looks got like a, like of a you. pilot? Look, doesn't He's he? Very. He looks very relatable. You can imagine. Very <laughs> I feel like uh, I would be confident getting on a on a plane that he was flying. He looks like a pilot. Yeah. Or a, or an air yeah or a doctor or a dad. Oh, I think yeah, I, this is looking. This is looking. Is this looking good or bad for Luxon? Because Ben, I think, ben it, seems to be talking him up. It might be a bald dad.
3: Be somewhere.
1: careful, Chris. You don't. <laughs> you don't want Ben's poison chalice. <laughs> Um, I think the issue for him is that he remains a bit of a mystery, really. Like, he doesn't get a lot of media exposure. He (laughs) hasn't really got much cut through. I mean, for me, from a Māori perspective, you know, he was the CEO at Air New Zealand when they weren't allowing cabin crew with Tāmoko to be employed, and that only changed, like, a couple of years ago, like, ridiculously recently. Um, Of course, there was a whole issue with Air New Zealand fixing up the, um, what was it, the thingy-bops for the Saudis, you know, Yemen, all of that. So there's some problematic things there. And... I mean, perhaps he's an incredibly charismatic man. He must be if he, you know, if he's done so well in the corporate world. But he remains really an unknown, I think, for a lot of New Zealanders.
2: Yeah, there was a. There was a...
1: Probably, and despite being unknown, clearly people prefer him more too judith
2: yeah i mean he is i've I, i've i met him once after that candidate selection thing he did um uh, in, in in botany was it um and uh and he came across as you know he did have a, a bit of the john key touch of just sort of being quite interested in meeting people which um i'm not suggesting that that is uh, enough to to be the leader of a political party but he does have something there i think Absolutely right. There's that unknown, isn't there? Because there was such, there's such an enthusiasm among the fourth estate and others to kind of anoint the next one mm-hmm. that people got way, including us, got way ahead of ourselves. Got oh, this is the next John Key, and he he hadn't at that point even announced his candidacy, but he was sort of being dubbed as a future prime minister.
3: He had done a couple of very stumbling, expensive interviews where hmm. he said far too much, offered his own opinions. About he did a good policy.
2: good interview the other day on Q and A on Three Waters. He's
3: definitely he's, he's, he's He's getting better. He's taking advice and he's learning. Um, yeah. You might, you would think, probably to come in, just really step into his power as the next John Key. He would probably want a f- couple more years uh, doing that his His declared intention you know behind the scenes off the record, not really declared at all, but nudge nudge wink wink is that he wanted to wait basically until after the election yeah. for what seemed like the inevitable national loss before stepping up and trying out the leadership. Uh, his calculus on that may have changed now. You know, we've seen Labor take a pretty significant dive in the polls. Um, you know, there are there are those middle voters that National lost. Um, they're out there somewhere, probably hanging out with David Seymour and twerking, and he will he might think, well, actually. If the COVID response goes further south, and you know, there's been a lot of confusion recently, um, you know, I've got a shot, and so he might he might be tempted to bring that forward. Um, I te- I tend to agree with Annabelle. I do- <laughs> I, You know, I haven't seen enough of him to suggest that he is a natural like John Key. I think, you know, I think he's a quick study. Um, but, you know, c- could he handle the 24-7 just relentless barrage that will come with trying to resuscitate this bloated, flatulent corpse of the National Party right now in Parliament?
1: I think, I mean, where he could be good is bringing those CEO skills that you'd apply to like an, ex, like an unruly exec team mm-hmm. and trying to bring about some cultural change within the organisation and stuff but does that translate to the X factor that voters want to see I don't know. I mean perhaps if he's able to steady the ship he might make a slow kind of um, uh, uh, his popularity may, may grow with um, well voters
3: I, mean, I think that's one of the issues though isn't it? it it's a ceo is not the same as the leader of a political party being the prime minister is a bit like being a ceo but not being leader of the uh, opposition where you've really got
2: to be diplomatic you know you can't just It's just an absolute shit job. I mean, there have been so many (laughs) leaders Mm. of the opposition under MMP. You know, it's become a hoary cliche that it's the hardest job in politics, but it's just really hard. Having said that, and you sort of talked about whether or not Luxem had been, you know, timing things to come Mm. in 2023, in some sense there's no better time than to, be, to become, because you cannot. I mean, you would have to, it would be a heroic achievement to make things worse. I would have thought simply by turning up and not having your entire caucus sort of on top you know, on tenterhooks, wondering what the hell you're going to say next, just sort of offering some stability, just sort of offering some coherent sentences, that you were going to, you just get, you kind of, you yeah. kind of, you get, you get two or three percentage points back off act without even blinking, I would have thought.
1: There's but literally there- nowhere to fall. I mean, surely you can only go up from here.
2: Everyone always says that. Everyone always
1: says that. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, you can. there is always further to fall in politics. Probably when Jamie Lee Ross was doing his mad dash across country to do his insane 18-hour stand-up on the tiles, he probably thought, I've already lost everything. There's nothing more to lose. Mm. And it turned out there was plenty. Mm. There's, you know, Labor labour has polled in the teens in the past, and there's no reason why
2: national should be... under Helen Clark, that. who yeah. came back to... to she, what had happened to her? She... Uh, she become Prime Minister, didn't she?
3: She has she is, she's slowly been building a movement to stop 660 performing at Eden Park. That's
2: right. I knew there was something that happened there. OK, we're still going. Mark Mitchell, Annabelle. Do you have a view about Mark Mitchell? He's quite good on the radio on ZB with old uh, Stuart Nash. He's always into it. He's up for it.
1: I think I He was thinking about and- going for
2: mayor. No. no. No, he's thinking about going... He sort of... Yeah. What is he he's contemplated? It's a bit it's interesting.
1: <laughs> he's quite thinky. Quite th- well. Um mm. I think I read in a doctor's office once, like in a magazine, that mm. he was his partner was Possum Bourne's wife. Yeah, so that's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay. We love Peggy Bourne. Okay. Reality star
2: yeah.
1: of the early two thousands. Okay,
2: well that's a, there's that. That's a, so that's there's that. Like That's one in the good column.
1: And he's
3: Pleasant.
2: Yeah. It's, quite, it's, it's got, got quite nice, nice eyes.
1: Yeah.
2: A lovely eyes. He's got nice eyes. Quite a, quite a good sort of barrel chested yeah. look as well. Do yeah. we, is it time for a barrel chested Did he kill people for
1: a living or something? Well, very, it was very, a little bit of the, the mercen, was mercen, just about to
2: say. mercenary stuff. There's that. Also, lovely eyes. Yeah. yeah so very
1: nice. I think that probably
3: kills me. a former, former <laughs> police dog handler. Oh, I oh, yeah. love that. He might have a dog. Do you reckon he has a dog?
1: They, need a dog. Like they need a dog. They need a dog in there. We
3: <laughs> German Shepherds.
2: <laughs> <laughs> paroling, paroling the perimeter, uh, patrolling the perimeter of the. Uh, the um, thing, yeah. I mean, it just it just, it's it seem it seems like his best shot. Uh, seems like a seems like a, a a decent chap. His best chance would be in the. You're the caretaker, and he'd be like, "All right, <laughs> yeah," <laughs> but. That's, that, that, that's one of those things that always sounds fine in theory, but I, I don't ever think it really works. It just doesn't work that way.
3: Bridges put himself forward for the leadership um, after Key. And that was seen as a sort of bold sort of, uh, you know, yeah. staking yeah. his claim, sure. the yeah. young yeah. buck kind yeah. of putting himself in the frame. Putting his
1: poe in the ground. Yeah, yeah. And, that, yeah. And, that
3: was, and that was regarded as sort of paying off when the when English left mm, and then mm. there was another contest.
1: Putting them and, on notice that there was a young bull in the paddock. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's right. A frisky young yak that <laughs> was like, um, but... And I think that that's where Mitchell's taken it's, his cue from. But now he's sort of thrown his hat in the ring about eight times, and doesn't seem <laughs> and to. Sometimes
2: get he takes the hat back, and he doesn't. Uh, think,
3: yeah, oh, did I? I oh, no, thought was that my. Ha- oh, I didn't. And, I he, was, yeah, and he doesn't seem to get any hopes when he puts his put hat in, in the ring, else. and he's he's more just a sort of.
1: At least it's not a mega hat, unlike other contenders. <laughs> I think he's just. Like, I just past. think
2: he's like someone who is like, yeah, he's into stuff, and so they go, "Would anybody like to be the next?" And he goes. <laughs> Why not? Why the hell not? He's in the parliamentary rugby team. He's he likes up for it. it. He likes activities. Yes, yes exactly. He's. <laughs> we need more people like he's, that. He's actually good. He's he's cool. He he's could up be up a goodie. Put things. him on the list. Chuck him things. on he's, the he's, list. Anyone want to go to the pub uh, list? Yep. Yeah, Mark will be there. He'll be into it. Yeah, Touch rugby. Yeah. He's, look, he is a good politician, but I don't, I
3: don't think...
2: Shane Ritti is the deputy and he impressed a lot kind of um, in parts of the COVID response by actually knowing what he was talking about, being a real-life doctor. Some of the work he's done in Northland and Whangarei uh, in terms of uh, working on the ground and the vaccination rollout has been really impressive. He's given a really good interview or two to the um, uh, much-nominated, much-garlanded current affairs television programme, the Hui, uh, Annabelle Lee-Mather. Is he a leader of the National Party, however?
1: Look, I don't want to go around, like, exhuming all of Ben's political skeletons (laughs) and water-blasting them and shit, but, I mean, I did say back in the day that I thought he'd be quite good. Right. And he has been quite good. Yes. And, and in fact, I quite would say... Good. No, I would say that he has been the ballast ah. that's provided credibility and stability to that party when they needed it. I thought he was very classy today. Yep. Um, I think the problem that National has had is that the bloodbath of leadership has been so vindictive and brutal that they've literally biffed every baby out of the bath with the bathwater. You know, people like Paula Bennett, Amy Adams, Nikki Kaye, these Hmm. are all people who would be able to fill that void right now, whether it's in a leader or or a a deputy leader thing. How
2: they could use Amy Adams right
1: now. National can't afford to keep burning off its good people. And I think that if you want to signal to the public that you're going to pull your big girl panties up and start behaving like an adult that keeping him on in the very least as a deputy leader would be a great way to signal that because he's got some some great skills. I think that he is someone who has seen really grow into the role. He's got mana. He, um, he I, I think is someone who resonates with both Pākehā, Pākehā and Māori older and younger. Mm. Um, he's got a very um, Good bedside manner, for want of a better word, and, and I think that there is real value in considering him as a as a leader or a deputy leader in, in the refreshed lineup.
2: Doctor Shane
3: Ben, not a lot of emotional intelligence for a political leader. Um, he's very good. He's uh, you know he is. He's got he's got gravitas. He's dignified, which. <laughs> for a very short supply in the National Party Caucus right now.
1: I think um, he's in the zeitgeist too, you know, like people are mm. freaked out about COVID and all of that stuff. And he, he presents as someone who knows what he's doing, who's very scientifically led and yet absolutely pragmatic, who can, you know, mm. leave Wellington and jump on the tools and go and vaccinate people. And I think at this moment in time, There is, there's an audience for him, there's an appetite for a leader like him. It's a
2: curious thing though, isn't it? I think one of the reasons he's quite often overlooked is he doesn't seem to have that kind of hunger, that political animal side. I'm not, and that may be a fault in our analysis that you, when you don't see that, you don't see someone who appears to be... Leader.
3: He reminds me a bit of David Parker, who was the uh, yeah. interim leader for labor, who again, you know uh, very smart um, yes. you, you can know, imagine them having
2: a very long, interesting conversation together
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah and but but intuitively just doesn't doesn't feel like he's got the kind of temperament for it. Um, I mean, I think Reddy remains an integral part of the front bench particularly during COVID, um, there might be, b- because of the new leader, if it's not Dr. Reddy, um, will probably be from that conservative side of the party. You know, then you need a, you know, urban liberal in, as the deputy, as per national tradition.
1: Um, he also strikes me as someone who could work, you know, across... <coughs> A range of parties and having someone like him in your um, in your coalition negotiations after the next election mm-hmm. you know could be helpful
2: mm-hmm. um nicola willis Annabelle she was uh, that, was it too, saying too much to say she was the architect of the housing uh, the, the, the cross party agreement that went through recently that did 't go through the house but was 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 um, announced recently she 's Urban Liberal through and through. Worked for John Key back in the day. Former for, for colleague. Of you? Of mine, yeah.
3: Former colleague of you. Don't hold like that a, against your people. Don't judge her on, on that. Move
2: on from that one.
3: Um, I, I think she's she's in the front. I mean, she's been <laughs> mooted as Luxon's deputy the yep. whole way through. That's part of that, you know, conservative, liberal yep. um, kind of split. Uh, Auckland, non-Auckland. Um I mean she's she's been she's been very good this term. Um I I yeah, Sia's more of a deputy at this stage of her career. Um yeah, I, th- I think she's very I think she's very good where she is. Um, she may be a little too liberal for uh, the
2: you know as a leadership prospect mm. for for the National Party base. I think alongside Nicola Willis, uh, quite often will be found uh, Chris Bishop, who's another person who's you know been mentioned a little bit, and I think it's fair to say rubs a lot of people up the wrong way on Twitter, especially, but has been probably the most effective opposition MP um, in the last. Three to six months, and 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 COVID response portfolio has really held the feet to the fire um, on a range of areas, whether it's testing or MIQ or whatever. Is 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 that an outside possibility, Annabelle?
1: Uh, I was just going to say about um, Nicola Willis, oh. like she is very, you know, early in her career, but you know, other other MPs have come through. Unexpectedly early too. She's she's bright. She's young. She's liberal. She's hardworking. I think um, you know her and um, Riti would be a really um, mm-hmm. a, a great match up together. That would. Um, would have wide appeal in my opinion. Yeah. Chris Bishop, yeah, I think um, obviously he has been a really effective MP, opposition MP1, one, certainly one of the, the the stronger players that they have. Um, and I think he's got that kind of Kiwi blokey relatable way of talking a bit like Key. Um, I don't know if he has strong support within the caucus though particularly from the kind of evangelical faction of, um, of national I don't know if if, that, um, if, he'd, if he'd be able to get enough support
3: And this is part of the problem is that actually when you look at the Along with Retty, the three most effective MPs, um, certainly in this parliamentary term so far, have been Bishop, Willis, and Eric Stanford. And Eric Stanford
2: also mentioned quite often as a, a deputy, as, as, a, as a potential to to running mate for Bridges, has been
3: reported. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and those three, you know, I just that that liberal block or faction as you might want to call it i mean 3 votes is not trivial in the much reduced national party caucus but it's 10% but, yeah, <laughs> but, but in terms of in terms of uh who you know, being able to carry the leadership. Um, I don't think there is the appetite amongst their colleagues for one of those three young, you know, youngish urban mm-hmm. liberals mm. to be the leader. Which
1: mm. is a shame because I, I, I think that you know, national needs to um, win back more centre, win back more of the centre in order to beat Labor, and I think that one of those. MPs would be a much better match-up and have a much better chance against Ardoon come the next election. Mm,
2: mm. Yeah. That's where
1: the contest is.
2: There is some advantage, I think, and novelty, as Ardoon showed. You know, once again, the the go-back-to-leader-of-the-opposition being the... Worst job in the world, you know. Why do it for longer than seven weeks, right? Um,
1: you got to think about that too. Like, who's going to look good going up against Ardern and Robertson? I think you know. Sometimes it can be a little bit insular when you're picking your leaders, but I mean, ultimately, the the real race isn't against your 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 caucus mates. It's it's against the other side, and mm. that that needs to be considered
2: uh so if it sounds like the kind of that part of the calculation will be that idea of a ticket you know and i don't think it i don't think there are rules necessary that dictate whether you have to do it that way in national or not. do you know ben um labor 's a bit different, but um you know and does that mean that the the likelihood is that we have a conservative wing leader alongside a more liberal wing deputy? is that what's looking likelier?
3: Given that the two, you know, the two front runners, presumptive, are Bridges and Luxon, who are both conservative, um, and
2: yeah, the, and that so that would be Bridges and Stanford or mm. Luxon and Willis. So, Ben, would you like to? Um, would you like to uh, tell the people of New Zealand who you uh, who you think is should would excel as the next leader of the? Uh, I I think that um, I'm probably pretty simpatico
3: with Simon Bridges in terms of, uh, no, I don't want any of my previous predictions or opinions ever brought up again, so Mm. I think it would be good if we just woke up and everything since March, May the 20th last year was just a a long, strange dream.
0: Mm. Mm.
3: One, of, one of those dreams you get when you're on nicotine patches that are filled with like blood and chaos and
2: murder and horror. <laughs> like, um, Annabelle, mm?
1: well,
2: who do you think who, who are you who are you who do you think would be best equipped? Are you are you Doctor Shane?
1: Um, well. Uh, I as a and in, in one of those positions, I think it would be a, a good thing to have him there.
2: Any update on the pigeons?
1: So you know how I bought the Tui feeder, and yeah. I was playing the Yui Boom, and like at first they were real like ramped up about the Yui Boom Tui songs. Now they've like cottoned on, and they're going all yeah. like Tenoranga Tera Tanga on me, and they're like, "We don't want your sugar water woman." So they're getting, get out, sm- what they're getting next smarter. Beads and blankets. They're no, they're just totally ignoring me. So they're, no, they're ignoring. Getting
2: smarter, and they get smarter and smarter. These things can fly.
1: That's true. If they, you know. So anyway, I don't have my tui border control. They're just like, get out, loser. We're not saving your house from the pigeons. But interestingly, the pigeons are ignoring me at the moment too. So it's like a bit of a peaceful time.
3: Okay. You, you know what would be if this was if this was a movie, we would sort of it would be us talking about the pigeons, and then we'd we'd move off, and there'd be a, there'd be like a tui walking along the deck and then suddenly it would be squashed by, like, a well-manicured hand with large, chunky fashion rings on it and, like, <laughs> an 80s blazer sleeve just poking out, and then we'd roll to credits.
1: Beautiful. Is this
3: another one of your nicotine patch dreams, <laughs>
1: ben.
3: Um, No, I, I just think that, you know, one of the issues that uh, National are going to have to deal with is what do they do with Judith Collins? Because she will not give up. She will not stop. and She's, well, she's, she's
1: already she announced she's standing stand again. again.
2: Standing again in 2023. Rob Molde
3: They'll, they'll have to
1: weed there. her out at that. Let's just
2: quickly, before we go, because we have to wrap, touch on something which <laughs> really everyone should have been talking about today uh, but nobody was talking about as a result of what happened last night and this morning, which is the expedited uh, legislation that's been introduced through the through Parliament under extreme urgency to uh, enable the traffic light f- response framework. Um, it's been pretty widely condemned across the board by experts and it, it's the kind of thing that many of those people who are involved in, 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 in pushing it through the House would have been crying blue murder around if the, if the roles were exchanged.
3: Uh, back, back when I was working in government for the national government, Grant Robertson joined in with Day Man Salmon calling uh, 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 the use of urgency in Parliament um, an assault on democracy. Um, and that was just sort of saying, oh, we're going to stay late on Friday to finish some, you know, finish some legislating. What's happening here is all stages urgency, which means that you just sit in one block and you do the first, second, third and committee stage readings of a bill all at once and then suddenly it's the law. So there's no select committee, there's no opportunity for public submissions, Mm -hmm. there's no opportunity to step outside, you know, and see Judith Collins sort of like devouring you know, People in the hallway or whatever to catch your breath and think about what you've just read. Uh, instead, it, it all just gets rammed through. Um, this is really significant legislation. I mean, I, I'm sure there is widespread support for it, which is that it, it sets it sets up the framework for making the regulations that will be the. You can believe system. it's
2: necessary and right, and yeah. not that the way that it's been but, introduced. Yeah, through, but so. but
3: the process is appalling, and you know, if if you are going to be to de- Submitting people's rights, the unvaccinated people's rights, in this way, which would have been unthinkable two or three years ago before COVID, um, and and not even give them an opportunity to send in a postcard expressing their dis, dissatisfaction. You know, even the banning of firearms after Christchurch, there was a one day submission and then one day select committee process. Yeah. Now it's truncated, it's tokenistic, but at least you're letting people sort of have their voice heard. And the other thing is it makes bad law. You know, there's a lot of things the government doesn't know it doesn't know. Um, And if you don't let people have a look at the law, you'll get tripped up later. So, I mean, just I was going to say a a bad day for the government, but actually today is a great day for the government. Today will be a snow day for their ministers and their staffers as they gather around gleefully (laughs) with 20 group chats going at once, (laughs) weeping with delight
2: (laughs) at the state of the National Party. It was interesting watching Chris Hipkins uh, do the media rounds this morning and he sort of had a sort of slightly blank stare knowing full well that no one was really listening to what he said. (laughs) You know, having kind of the night before presumably swatted to be ready for a number of quite serious (laughs) interrogations. (laughs) It was all just... Annabelle, are we done? We're done. Uh, We will uh, regroup, I think, hopefully next week to um, talk about whatever happens in Tuesday's vote. Uh, Meantime... We're sending you our most profound love and thank you Ti here for um, um, uh, creating this emergency podcast. Thank you to members for your um, uh, just just being the greatest. Um, uh, how does this? How does this? How does this end? What happens? Just you just stop talking.
1: Just stop talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Kia ora te